golf cart, go-kart raceway, whatever that is out by the fair. They've got all sorts of places out there. You can shoot your rifles out there. You can drive go-karts. You can fly your drones out there. And then there's an actual speedway, right? There's an actual raceway yeah. as well out there. And then you can just stop at the fair if it's around at the time. You know what yeah, I'm saying? But may... don't go to the fair before 3 p.m. <laughs> we need to talk to the fair people because they didn't inform their attendants. We show up at noon. We're like, what? We're going to hit some rides and play some games, eat some corn. Woohoo! Oh. Nope. Couldn't even get a lemonade before noon. Couldn't even get a lemonade in gotcha. 100 degrees Arizona weather. Finally, one of the vendors was like, hey, I'll sell you some lemonade. Oh, uh, you think? Oh, <laughs> hello. It, it's, it's like they didn't, turn our, on out here. they didn't turn our water faucet on at the park until the end of April. Um, hello? Yeah. What do you, what, exactly. Well, uh, we really don't know. Oh, the world these days is just kind of cray cray. It's just cray. Everybody hit the bong, you know. Just get in your bubble. Everybody, get in your bubble. And it's kind of like Glinda. She just kind of, kind of floats around, and then you hear this, and then you're like, oh, Stevie's here. No, Glinda. Oh, Glinda the Good Witch. The Good Witch or a bad witch? Well, I'm not a witch at all. Is that your one? No, that's my dog. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Oh, we're supposed to be talking about we, aren't we? Yeah. Marijuana. All so, right, so uh, let's talk we, about well, it. Well, we were talking. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the 520. Um, that was great. Great vendors out great there. Great vendors out there. The, o open. the open. We were talking about the 100% pure distillate. Uh -huh. I need to see how this stuff's made because I don't like chemical extraction. Right. I don't like it. So if it's yeah. not a chemical thing, then that's a good thing. But it's, mm -hmm. you can taste it. Oh, stuff. I oh, mean, it was amazing. I could not. They gave out free, uh, Desert Bloom gave out free dabs all day. I wish I would have taken a dab, but I did taste. Oh, you never did. I mm. took a little. Um, oh, the, on your tongue? Yeah, the gentleman gave me a little bit of the distillate. Yeah. Distillate on my finger. And I put it in the back of my teeth. Oh. And he said just, and it was got had a little spice to it. Yeah. You know, um, hmm. it tasted really good. How was um, the effect? That's pretty mellow all it's afternoon, mellow. for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Then. Not like super stoned, but then again, I was smoking as well. So. Right. Um, right. It's quite the the dab the dabaratus. <laughs> yeah. Is a pretty awesome little uh, tool that um, the open people have made. Uh, what's really great about it is it gives you which each click, it gives you a certain amount of milligrams or which is, you can now um, microdose with it, which is um, becoming a huge thing um, just in the cannabis community. It should be the, it should be what you're doing. It should be what you're doing. A mm -hmm. little dab will do you. A I don't know who dab. came up with that, but they were probably dabbing back then. Um, speaking of dad, oh, he's dad. He's not going to stop. No, he don't think so. You little hands out there for him? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for him. Um, well, at any rate, it was a great event and it was free to the public. So it was cool. There were quite a few people that strolled on in. It's kind of far out there. So that's the only drawback. But there was the smoke section. Um, and that was nice. <laughs> um, and we met a lot of great people, made some great connections. We're going to sell some of those open accessories. We can't sell the distillate. Right. But we can sell the really cool accessories. They've got a, a beautiful wooden box that flips open um, down the middle, down the center. It's really cool. You put your pen in and you snap it back. Put your pen in it. Put your pen in it. Um, and uh, yeah, all sorts of neat things. And you can spin the prize wheel. And I want a little case that I use. For another instrument I have. <laughs> and it was an all-around great day. Um, they had the Indy Raceway, which you could uh, put on one of the Indy Raceway suits and get out there. Now, we had talked about doing this last year, but mm, it's, it's that suit. It's the racing suit that you have to um, wear. Well, there are helmets. And there's helmets, and people are sweating there heads off in there and we decided that we weren't going to uh, ride on the indie cars. Uh, 
lots of great people. Um, we have lots of people come up to the Tumbleweeds booth and ask, um, you know, we were giving, uh, Tumbleweeds was giving out $10 off uh, your next uh, um, recertification. So, or even off your first certification, right? Off so, any certification. Any certification. And speaking of Tumbleweed Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, come on down, voted best certification center three times in a row. That's right. You heard that right. Woo! That was a good thing. So come on down. If you have any one of these conditions, which are listed at tumbleweedhealthcenter.com, if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease, a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition or the treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes wasting syndrome, severe and chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including those characteristic of epilepsy, severe or persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of multiple sclerosis. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. There you go. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com. Check out the website. You can book an appointment right online. It's very simple. Uh, if you have medical records, it's super easy. If you don't, we can help you get those um, or help create some for you. So here's a good interesting um, article from High Times Magazine, um, hightimes.com. And we get this question a lot because we know you're not supposed to drink alcohol while you're taking medications. And this one is about antibiotics. It says, mm. can you smoke weed while taking antibiotics? We're, we know we're not supposed to drink alcohol while taking antibiotics, but what about consuming cannabis? Here's what the experts say. Interesting. <clears throat> yes, it is always important to be aware and cautious of what you're mixing with any sort of medication. Since certain medicines will have a negative or more enhanced reaction when taken with another substance. When you're fighting off a bacterial infection, doctors generally prescribe antibiotics, which come along with some strict rules. But almost never addressed is an important question. Can you smoke weed while taking antibiotics? We decided to ask Terry Roycroft, the president of the Medicinal Cannabis Resource Center, Inc., MCRCI, who has studied marijuana and its effects for over 10 years, uh, and is passionate about advancing public knowledge of the plant. Thankfully, according to him, taking antibiotics and smoking marijuana may not be as harmful to an individual as one would assume. Hmm. I wouldn't think so because uh, marijuana is an antibacterial. So and it probably talking helps about. How harmful are drug interactions? There's a number of drug interactions for numerous everyday things. For example, even with caffeine, there are 82 drug interactions out there, and some of them are moderate to severe, Roycroft explains. Even something as, harm for, as harmless as grapefruit can have a negative interaction with antibiotics. This piece of fruit can interfere with the metabolism of a number of medications, including some antibiotics used to treat certain respiratory, stomach, and other infections. In fact, Roycroft says that they begun using grapefruit as a guide for cannabis. The reality is that there are very little interactions with cannabis. In fact, the antibiotics are not on the contraindicator list, the list of symptoms or conditions that makes a procedure inadvisable with cannabis, Roycroft says. Any interactions that have been identified are very mild. And in fact, doctors are currently testing to see if some antibiotics work more favorably mixed with marijuana. Mm -hmm. Knew it. For instance, when we're treating someone that's on pain medication and we introduce cannabis, we will cut their antibiotic dose in half immediately and they get the same benefits as they would and the same reactions as if they were taking the full amount. Wow. Although there may be very mild interactions, effects may still be felt by those who mix the two. 
according to Jesse Gill, a medical nurse who specializes in medical marijuana, using some macrolide antibiotics such as trolleomycin could potentially interact with marijuana. What's that one? I'm not sure. We have to look that up. Marijuana inhibits a specific enzyme in the liver, um, cytochrome P450. This enzyme is used by many medications, including some antibiotics, Gil wrote on Cora. What this means is that the effect of the medications will be increased. That also means you'd be at higher risk of experiencing side effects and adverse reactions from the antibiotics. Should you smoke on antibiotics? All in all, Roy Cross says there's really no issue with mixing cannabis and antibiotics. You may just experience increased side effects of the medication. At the Medical Cannabis Research Center, Inc., we have patients on antibiotics, and we would not tell them to stop their cannabis use, Roy Cross says. As for other doctors, they will sometimes use grapefruit as a guide for cannabis. If there's a contraindication with grapefruit, then you may not want to mix cannabis with the medication. If it is still an issue you're concerned about, ask your doctor what they recommend. After all, there's nothing wrong with receiving additional medical advice from a professional. That's true. Interesting. Grapefruit. Yeah, there are there are a lot of fruits out there that because of, I'm not, it, I don't know what the composition of the grapefruit does, but I know pineapple can act as a muscle relaxant and also a digestive enzyme. So you can get capsules of what's called bromelain, and this mm-hmm. is the enzyme in um, <clears throat> pineapple that acts. If you don't eat, if you take it on an empty stomach, it's a muscle relaxer, and boy is it! It's an all natural like, whoa, <laughs> talk about couch lock. <laughs> this, your little enzyme, bromelain, will get you couch lock. If you want to use it while you're eating, it helps aid in digestion. It's a wonderful enzyme for digestion, bromelain. Hmm. Get it at your local. Thank yeah. you. Any messages about you bromelain? And Belsar. Bromelain and Belsar. We go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys. I think I need to achieve what kind of weed are you? I know. Hippie hash, hash is like, um, hello. I feel like a hippie now. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I feel like I'm back at one of my Grateful Dead shows. What is just one? Oh. I'm doing real good. I'm doing loud out there today. Oh, alrighty. Back to high time. So, um, <clears throat> it is very important to tell your doctor, um, what you're taking. Oh, yes, I am eligible to visit Leafly. Thanks for asking. Um, but it's very important to talk to the doctor because they should really know what you're on. That's they really should. the only thing I'm ever on. So when they say, what are you on? I'm like, cannabis. I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, usually it's like, eh, whatever, or cool, you know. <laughs> so, or I'm not allowed to say this, but I really like it, you know. <laughs> right. I get that from new doctors, you know. I'd promote it, but I'd get fired, you know. That's a sad, sad, sad thing. Yeah, that's, it is. that's a total boo. Um, because you should, you know, that's a way better uh, tool for management. It will. It, it, it'll eventually get there. I just think we have some, uh, some certain people that are in power that um, make it hard on other people who are trying to fight for this to be a medicine yep for everybody big pharma so, has a has a hold on it yeah and big pharma controls you know the school of public health or um, school of public health the um doctors a lot of the doc uh a lot of the school for doctors <laughs> a lot of the educational programs are all um paid for and from the pharmaceutical companies yeah so, I mean, it makes it hard when the one place that's feeding everybody is also the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And what? Cannabis okay. needs to start funding a school for doctors, for learned doctors. People just need to, you know, get educated. I was reading an article on High Times on Facebook the other day, and it really irritated me. So much so that I had to comment. I try not to comment very much because I'm very passionate about things. <laughs> Let's laugh at that one. So I get a little passionate. 
Greek, Spanish, Scorpio, I'm sorry, things just, I am, I know, they just come out, but there was an article about four things you could do better for, do for your butt tender, and I was like, why do we need to do anything for our butt tender, you know, I'm like, what's going on here, they wanted us to tip our butt tenders, like, no, that's like almost tipping your nurse, like, seriously, you don't go to the dog and be like, oh, hey, man, that was a really nice examination, here's 20 bucks. Yeah, it really... Like, seriously, come on. I think that's interesting. I don't, I, I, I don't like it. It puts them on a different level of unprofessionalism. I don't even like the term bud tender. I think that's just not even a good term. The other thing was they said, um, don't, don't take too long. Like, hurry up. Get out of there. Don't take up their time. Um, if someone's rushing you, Get out of that dispensary right now. If they're not willing to take three minutes, 30 minutes, or three hours, if that's what you need to understand the medicine that you're about to purchase, then get the hell out. And that's what I'm going to say. You don't go to Walgreens and pick up a prescription of Oxy whatever. They make you talk to the pharmacist. You have to answer 12 questions on that little pad, see the pharmacist, Make sure you understand how that's used. Do you know you can't drive with this? Do you know you have to eat with this? Do you know this may cause, but is it, 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 you know, 40 more problems that you're going to have to get 75 more medications? Over the counter medication. You know, well, exactly. I mean, but if you ask one of the people there, would they not, would they go, you know what that does? Yeah, it hurt. you know what? Come on, there's someone else waiting. <laughs> wow. No. We're asking questions. So I just simply wrote back and said they don't need tips, they need education. We hear too often people go in and say, oh, just eat 10 milligrams or 50 milligrams or just do this. They need to take some classes on cannabis and science. Anybody uh, in the field that is representing this field needs to stay educated. Continuing education because it's a constant. You have to, it's constantly changing. changing. I'm learning stuff about are being found out every day. Grapefruit and interaction with medications. I didn't even know about that. Oh, you know? yeah. But that's the that kind that. of thing they make you talk to your pharmacist about. And they mm-hmm. say, don't drink alcohol. Don't eat grapefruits. Don't eat seafood. Don't eat, don't do this. Don't do that. And if a quote, bud tender quote, someone helping you with your cannabis is rushing you or is irritated with your very presence, then go find, first of all, talk to the manager or owner and then go find somewhere else to be because there's at least 15 places in Tucson that you can choose from um, where people will take the time. And you can also come down to Tumbleweed and ask as many questions as you want. We'll be there for you. Come on down. We'll be there for you. We'll sit with you. We'll hold your hand into the process. It's a big process. And don't let people bully you into, you know, people new patient experiences they go into dispensaries and then they come back to our health center with a bag full of stuff that they've bought and they're like um they said i should get this and they dump it out and it's like it's trick-or-treat and here's just stuff just all over the counter there's suckers and candy bars and vape pens and hash and bud and all and they're like what pills and i don't know what to do with any of these things i don't they said eat half the candy bar and it's 120 milligram candy bar and you're like no. If somebody ate 60 milligrams of cannabis for the first time, they would think they were going to die. It might be, you know, we've had that experience. We've all had an overload. And um, it's such a shame because, you know, oh, you spend all up. your own money. You know, an insurance does this not pay your, for this medication. No. So your, your body, that 125 milligram. That $120 you just dumped on all no, this stuff, $300. Three hundred dollars. come back with like, I spent $376 exactly. on, you know, they don't know what they bought. Those candy bars can be anywhere from $10 to $15, even $20, $25 a piece. Depending on the milligrams of THC in there. A so cartridge is $60. You're bucks. eating $10 I mean, at a time. Yeah, but you don't If need. you sliced it down. And ate it like you would a pill or a small amount of medicine. Yeah. There's just no need for that amount of medicine in anybody. Yeah. Unless you're going for an desired effect. Right. Um, And this is what I, this personally is what I tell people because I'm appalled and disgusted with, with what, quote, education, quote, is being shared out there in these dispensaries. 
I tell people, look, especially brand new people, older people come in, they're 65, 75 years old. They've never done this. You know, first mm-hmm. of all, they've never done this. They've been told that they're going to hell for doing this. This is reefer madness. Their government is against this. Their gods are against this. Their church is against this. Their families are. So they're coming in with tons of anxiety. You want to send that person somewhere to get a ton more anxiety? No. So we say start out with a half a milligram. Do you feel it? Maybe not. That's okay. It's in your system. It's called microdosing. And there's a whole article we're going to read in just a minute. It's called Microdosing with Cannabis, the Benefits Without the Buzz. People don't want to get high, quote, unquote. They don't want that heavy onset. So you don't have to have it. You can get a little bit in your system every day without feeling, you know, an over an overload of cannabis because people can very quickly get overloaded on this and <clears throat> and then they won't want to do it again it scares them and then they just don't want to come back so um well i always say start with a half a milligram the next day go one milligram the next day go one and a half or two milligrams until you get to the point where you're comfortable with taking as much as you can with the feelings you're having and finding the right strength. You don't want to get, you know, that high feeling, which Melissa Etheridge says is uplifting her spirits, which I like the way she puts that. That's a nice way of saying um, who doesn't want to have their spirits uplifted, right? But some people don't, you know. Some people don't want to have their spirits uplifted. Well, no, some people <laughs> True. And True. that's so sad in the society these days that they, they don't want to do that. Um, but microdosing is really important because People eat half that candy bar and they come, you know, and they just, they freak out. They don't, they have a really bad experience. They might get sick. They might just sleep too much or no just that have bad thoughts. No, Sonic Wendy. All at once? <laughs> Sonic Wendy ate about, I'm going to say, three to 400 milligrams in, a, in two cookies. And uh, she, yeah. She got a nice big bag of Sonic burgers and milkshakes and French fries and whatever else they they make for free. So <laughs> sometimes it's not all bad. But um, let's read a little bit about microdosing because you can also um, another big, another great way to use your cannabis and, uh, is to eat it raw, make your own capsules. Um, it's very pain relieving and you're not getting the high. It's almost like juicing with it. Same, you're getting the same. Um, effects that um, you would, you don't get the high, but you get all the pain relief and a whole bunch more uh, benefits because you're not burning anything off. You're just eating the whole raw plant. So it'd be interesting to know if you get, you're going to get different nutrients if you eat it fresh versus if it's dry, because that's just the natural, that's just natural in anything. I mean, if you're eating fresh oregano versus, you know, sprinkle it on your pizza, the, the nutritional value is different. But you're still going to get the same aroma and effects, and um, it's going to be good. So, all right, here's on with the oregano. Microdosing with cannabis benefits without the buzz. In the midst of a potency-obsessed market where high THC means everything, there is a growing community of cannabis advocates that are pushing for less consumption as opposed to more. This tactic is called microdosing a growing trend as cannabis consumption becomes more mainstream. What is microdosing? Practitioners of microdosing are taking small amounts of cannabis in order to reap the medical benefits of THC while avoiding its psychoactive effects that can interfere with the demands of daily life. Most people don't know about microdosing, says Michelle Ross, founder of Impact Network, a nonprofit organization that uses empirical medical research to find new cannabis-related treatments for patients. They just blast their system with cannabis or high amounts of THC, and that is not always the best approach for whatever condition they may have. While microdosing has typically been associated with hallucinogens like LSD, many experts now believe that the threshold for the medical benefits of THC is far lower than most people think. And sometimes too much of a good thing uh, can quickly turn disastrous. When you raise the dose, um, it says, what is cannabinoid? Hypermesis syndrome, when you raise the dose, sometimes you get distinguished benefits, and sometimes you get the opposite of what you're looking for, says Dustin Saluk, 
an osteopathic physician based in Maine who treats many of his patients with small doses of cannabis. For example, while a little cannabis can help reduce anxiety, too much can actually cause it. Uh, what medical conditions lend themselves to microdosing? According to Sulek, patients are now turning to microdosing in order to treat conditions such as depression, stress, anxiety, and to help improve focus and promote sleep. While a substantial amount of empirical evidence is still lacking, there is some clinical research suggesting that less is, in fact, more when it comes to medical cannabis. In a 2012 study, for example, patients with advanced cancer who were unresponsive to traditional opioid painkillers were given uh, nabixomals, a THC CBD compound at low, medium, and high doses. Um, Patients who received the lowest dosage of cannabinoids showed the greatest reduction in pain, while those receiving higher doses actually experienced more pain. What are the best strains for pain? In another study, a group of incarcerated individuals were given four low four milligram doses of nabiline. Nabil uh, I don't know. It's a synthetic cannabinoid. Oh, no synthetic. But <clears throat> to help treat their PTSD and its associated symptoms. The results, published in 2014, showed significant improvements in PTSD associated um, insomnia, nightmares, general symptoms, and even chronic pain. Nabilone? Never heard of it. Um, have a wonderful day, Cannabis Kids. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. See you next week. All right. Um, Oh, so Luke also points out that the cannabis can be effective for helping to control other chronic conditions. If I see someone with multiple sclerosis who's in the middle of a flare-up and having a really hard time, she may need a higher dose to get the symptoms under control. But as she gets well and heals, her daily dose will go down and down and down until the point where microdosing becomes a maintenance plan. That's awesome. Um, indeed, Ross takes several small doses of cannabis each day to help manage her own persistent health issues. Uh, I have a lot of chronic health problems, including neuropathy and fibromyalgia, and cannabis has been the only thing that has enabled me to uh, surmount them. She says, Solak has also found that microdosing is beneficial on a daily basis, adding, I find that a, <clears throat> a sub-psychoactive dose of cannabis helps me stay healthy, reduce stress, and stay sharp and focused at work. What is the optimal dosage for microdosing cannabis? The short answer is, it depends. There is tremendous variance in the amount of THC that will result in feeling high. This can be affected individual differences in liver metabolism, genetics of cannabinoid receptors, previous usage, to name a few. Microdosing is something that is very personal, says Ross. There's no magic bullet for all patients. It's different for each one, so keep experimenting until you find the right uh, dose for you. Ross generally recommends that the First-time microdosers start off at 2.5 milligrams. Maintain that level for approximately three days and increase if necessary, but that can sometimes be difficult. Uh, how to find the best cannabis experience and high for you? In Colorado, we have a saying, start low and go slow, but the lowest dosage that they start off with for consumers is 10 milligrams, and, and I think that's already too high. I would agree with that. Uh, meanwhile, Sulek advocates starting at even lower doses and has created a step-by-step -step guide to microdosing for both experienced and novice consumers. For those using cannabis regularly, Sulek recommends an initial 48-hour uh, period of abstinence, which she believes is enough time to reset the endocannabinoid system. While this might seem like a relatively brief window after years of usage, a brain image study published last year tracked the number of cannabinoid receptors during a period of abstinence from cannabis. The result indicated that in every that even in heavy smokers, the receptors bounce back to baseline levels after just two days. After this neural cleansing, micro hopefuls should gradually reintroduce cannabis into the system, starting with just one milligram. That I like. I like it small. Um, and here's some THC detox myths, facts, and tips. The goal is to use the dose that gives the most minimal noticeable effect, says Sulk. You're not trying to get stoned. You're not trying to get total relief from symptoms. You're trying to get a little something. And then once you get that dose where you feel a little something, 
stay there for a few days, and then you can gradually increase if you need it. And that typically falls somewhere between one and three milligrams per dose. Solok has also noticed that the use of lower dosages can actually lead to increased sensitivity to cannabis over time, thus underscoring the importance of staying at low levels for the first few days of microdosing. While this is merely observational, Solok notes that the tests on animals suggest that low level doses of THC can result in upregulation up of the endocannabinoid system for endocannabinoid production as well as expression of its receptors. If you are building tolerance to THC, you are building tolerance to your body's own cannabinoids, which are therefore the purpose of promoting balance and health, says Selick. So having a highly sensitive endocannabinoid system is extremely valuable for responding to illness, injury, and stress, and people can achieve that with low doses of cannabis. For those who are using cannabis irregularly or for the first time, Solix suggests one milligram of THC combined with one milligram of CBD and gradually increasing the dosage while maintaining the one-to-one ratio until they feel something, then they stay at that level for four days. Everyone is going to get to the point where they increase their dosage and it will not work as well as it did before. And that means they have passed their optimal dose. The optimal dose is different for everyone. Finding it means going past it. What is the best way to microdose cannabis? There are numerous methods available for microdosing, uh, but some may be more effective than others. Smoking or vaping is one. Using this approach, Solik recommends that cannabis minimalists take just one puff, wait five minutes to feel any effects, and then take another if necessary. Yet precisely controlling the amount of THC in your system using this approach can be difficult. Instead, many experts recommend products such as tinctures, oils, or edibles that allow users to more accurately control the dosage. When it comes to edibles, users should exercise caution. Untested edibles are especially unreliable in their ability to deliver a low dose of THC. Imagine cutting a brownie that has 100 milligrams of THC into portions and trying to eyeball 2.5 milligrams. That's not going to work. And most edibles are not consistent in their dosage in that range. However, there are now a number of products on the market that lend themselves to microdosing. For example, Kiva Confections, a California-based company, offers a variety of mints and chocolates with THC concentrates starting at 2.5 milligrams that are suitable for microdosing. Yet it can take over an hour to feel the effects of some edibles. For those seeking immediate relief, an alternative is THC-infused tea, such as products from Stillwater, which can calm the nerves after just 10 minutes. Ross also notes that products like these can be good, uh, be a good option for first-time consumers. If you're given a product that's 2.5 milligrams, you're much less likely to have a bad experience. So I think microdosing is really the best way to introduce new people to cannabis. Um, And then the other question here is, should CBD also be used to microdose? While microdosing generally refers to THC, the psychoactive cannabinoid in cannabis, it can be beneficial to add an equal ratio of CBD as well. When we add CBD to THC, we tend to get a wider therapeutic window, which means we are less likely to see side effects of THC and more likely to see benefits. Yet, it is important to note that uh, dabbling Sorry, doubling the amount of cannabinoids for each dose can be financially crippling because CBD is very expensive. Um, Depending on where you go, come to Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, and it's not very expensive. It's actually very inexpensive. Um, It's pretty good. We've got some really great prices. Uh, Solik also mentions that for some people, CBD acts as a mental stimulant and should be avoided in the evening prior to bedtime. We've heard that. One of our doctors actually experienced that. Um, She was it was it caused anxiety for her the first time. She didn't know. Uh, I think she had too much. She ate a candy or something. Five milligrams was too much to start. Should have had one milligram. Um, that's what we we would start at. So yeah, and like the article says, it's different for everybody. So you know, one time I took melatonin, it's supposed to make you sleep, right? I was up all night long. I'm that backwards child, you know. <laughs> Give me coffee, real coffee. I'm gonna fall asleep. Um, <clears throat> While many have already started to benefit from the wonders of THC for, 
frugality, many challenges still remain. There are still not enough low-dose products on the market. I would definitely like to see a wider range. I feel like every dispensary should be carrying these products. Meanwhile, um, Solid believes that the greatest roadblock to microdosing is societal. We need to change our relationship with cannabis or something we use for recreation to, or to treat severe symptoms to something that we use to stay healthy like we would a multivitamin, he says. For many, it may be difficult to cut um, back as cannabis has become widely available. For those seeking to remain sharp, calm, and collected, you may want to think twice before taking the extra hit because the new buzz is, in fact, no buzz. Um, and there you have it, a little bit on microdosing. Uh, I we totally agree with that, and that's how we, you know, recommend um, to everybody that that comes into the into our health center. At least, you know, we we hear these super sad stories of you know, young people, old people, everyone in between, they come back and they say, oh, man, I went to the dispensary and the guy behind the counter said, just take this or just do this. And these people are super, usually, I believe they all have to be patients to be back there. So they're all cannabis users and they probably don't remember their first days of using cannabis where it can be, you know, even in your later days, I experienced this the other day when I had some severe pain in my wrist and I took 15 milligrams, which was not a lot. And I think, um, yeah, especially for me, that's like, I, I shouldn't have felt that, but I took it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And that was where I made my mistake <laughs> because within an hour, I was ready to go back to bed, and that's how I felt all day. In fact, I didn't drive because I was so groggy. I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep, but I couldn't stay awake either. So it was just a bummer of a day. <laughs> and that was only 15 milligrams. And for me, really, that it really shouldn't have affected me that much, but it did. So it depends on the the time you take it, how you take it, what you take, and like the article said, I had um, it was a 60 milligram piece of candy so I just you know cut it in quarters and what if all 60 milligrams was in that one quarter that I cut you know um, people are 60 milligrams is a lot to take in one little tiny what was it tootsie roll kind of thing that's a lot that's someone that you know wants to get trashed on cannabis 60 milligrams is a whole lot or they're just in an extreme amount of pain and that might do it but put me to sleep and maybe that's what people need too is just extreme sleep um, but that was too much for me, and um, I just, you know, it was one of those moments where I thought, well, fine, I'll just do it. <laughs> and I could have taken the wrong part of that chew <laughs> and got all 60 milligrams. So microdosing is super important, and I wish there were more products out there that started at half milligrams um, and allowed you to step up that way because it really should be used as a vitamin. We call it your vitamin M for marijuana, your vitamin C for cannabis, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, we call it a, you know, a, it's a daily maintenance program that you get on a little bit of hemp every day, a little bit of cannabis, cannabis every day. You don't need to, you know, overload your system with too many bongas um, or too many brownies or, or whatever you're doing. Um, and really look into juicing and also look into, um, eating drier. Uh, uh, Dr. Lester Grinspoon that we had on air a, a while ago uh, does two things. He likes his joints, so he likes to smoke. He likes to be enhanced, he calls it. Uh, this was Carl Sagan's his best friend. And he also has um, dry herb put into capsules and takes those daily. Takes two of those daily and has a joint or two daily. And uh, he's good to go. That's a good recipe for maintenance. The raw cannabis is, um, in, in its cannabis in its raw form is really beneficial nutritionally. Um, you get all the benefits of cannabis without when you when you heat it, you destroy some of the chemicals obviously. And some people are saying at certain temperatures you destroy the terpenes in it, uh, the different cannabinoids. Um, so there are all sorts of ways. Juicing fresh leaves and buds is awesome. <clears throat> if 
you can get your hands on some of those. I don't know of any dispensaries that sell anything like that. So, um, well, they have juices, but they're not fresh, raw juices. So, it's hard. And it's, um, you know, and pound for pound, people don't really want to grind the herb up and swallow it because they think it's a waste. But it really isn't. You're really getting a ton of beneficial uh, nutrients for your body. So, it, here's another little article on um, edibles. This is five tips to safety. Uh, safely dosing and enjoying edibles. Now, this is from high. Uh, this is from Leafly, so we'll see what they say. High times again start you out at like 10 milligrams or so, and that would be too much for somebody that's just starting out. We really want to go with half a milligram or just even one. Um, says, have you ever made or tried a batch of cannabis-infused edibles and had no idea what their potency was or how much you should consume? Thankfully, with legalization comes standardization. In states with legal cannabis, edible manufacturers are held to higher regulatory standards that lead to safer, more pleasant edible experiences. Thanks to proper labeling and mandated lab testing, it should only take a little self-discipline to ensure that you don't accidentally launch yourself into the cosmos. <laughs> that and education. Knowing what a standard dose is and adjusting that dose is based on your personal needs and biology and can make or break your experience. Every newcomer to edibles goes through this process of uncertainty and trepidation, which is why we've whipped up this handy five-step guide to equip you with the fundamentals of dosing edibles. After all, we wouldn't want you to end up like the cop who called 911 after he ate one or several too many edibles. Yeah, that was a good one. He thought he was dying. Poor guy. <laughs> he didn't read the bag. All right, it says, Read the package, number one. Read the package dosing guides carefully. Oh, I can't even tell you how important this is because we get people come in with bottles of things and they're like, this says it has 400 milligrams of, and then you look and it's like 375 milligrams of uh, lavender <laughs> and then 25 milligrams of something else. So, you know what I mean? You really have to pay attention to what's in there. We're past the days of playing Russian roulette to determine edible doses. Edibles on the legal market typically label their THC CBD content, contents in milligrams. The standard dose is considered to be 10 milligrams, way too high. But a cannabis newbie or a low tolerance consumer should start with half of that. There's nothing wrong with dipping your toe in the water before jumping in. You can always add another five milligrams in an hour or two once you've settled into the effects of your first dose. Now, I would personally, I don't recommend that. Um, I would recommend, like I said, <clears throat> starting with something as low as one milligram and just leave it at that for the day. Um, try it again the next day. And, um, but adding stuff, adding more to the mix might not be such a good idea if you're a newbie. Cannabis edibles are often found in the following dosing intervals. 5, 10, 20, 40, 80, and 100 milligrams. Veteran consumers and medical patients may need a much higher dose than standard 10 milligrams, but until you familiarize yourself with edibles and know how your body reacts to different doses, start low and work your way up. Even some experienced cannabis consumers choose to consume small doses, usually 3 to 7 milligrams, so small that there's no detectable euphoria. This method is called microdosing, and it's used to gently stimulate our body's cannabinoid receptors for improved mood, focus, and creativity. Some medical patients find that microdosing is more effective at alleviating their symptoms than high doses. This is true. Um, all right, two, consider your tolerance. They, shoot, they keep showing all these gummy pictures. Every picture is a gummy picture. <laughs> Starting with a small dose is always a good idea, especially if it's your first time or it's been a while since you've used cannabis. A low THC tolerance can make you particularly susceptible to negative side effects like um, paranoia, anxiety, and dizziness. And most would agree that an underwhelming experience is better than an overwhelming one. Don't try to keep up with more experienced consumers. Experienced high tolerance consumers not only need a higher dose to achieve desired effects, they also tend to be a lot more resilient to THC-induced side effects. Three. Be patient and exercise restraint. More gummies shown. Yep. We know it's hard to wait for the effects to kick in when you have an entire package of delicious infused snacks staring you in the face. 
keep in mind. However, that with cannabis-infused edibles, you can't mindlessly snack on handfuls. If you lose track of how many you've eaten, you could be in for a bumpy ride. Uh, once again, take a dose and wait it out. That way, you're much more likely to have a positive and in-control experience. Because body fat metabolism vary from individual to individual, it's hard to say when the edible is going to kick in. It could be 30 minutes. It could take over an hour. Resisting snacking on the rest of your edibles until you felt the effects. Uh, yeah, resist snacking until you've effect, felt the effects of the first dose. And then once you've waited long enough, it can take up to a, two hours. You can make the call on consuming one more. So this is where I say don't consume any more. Just get some fun munchies and eat those. That's a much better idea. Start small, people. Here's some more. Be mindful of your stomach content. Before you dose, consider how much you've eaten and what you've had to drink. An empty stomach means your edible may kick in more swiftly. And if this is the case, maybe think about starting with half a dose. Uh, another thing, try to keep in mind how much alcohol you've had to drink. Alcohol can increase THC blood concentration significantly Significantly so, dose moderately if you plan on mixing the two. Yeah, this is why my bestie always blames the weed when it's not the weed. Uh, find a comfortable place. That's a, a really good, actually, idea because you don't want to be paranoid or somewhere where you're not comfortable. Edibles are delightfully portable, but keep in mind the, uh, <laughs> the importance of consuming in a comfortable setting. Larger doses are best tackled at home and among familiar faces. It's always a good idea to have your best friend or partner there with you, especially if it's your first time. The presence of a loved one helps keep anxiety-related side effects at bay. With experience comes the comforts of familiarity, and with time it becomes easier to feel at peace with your surroundings when consuming edibles. Until then, gather the people and things you love most and enjoy all the bliss, relaxation, and laughter. Uh, edibles have to offer in a secure, cozy place. If you do become uncomfortable, um, despite the following guidelines, don't panic. Read through our eight ways to counteract, counteract a two-tenths intense cannabis high and know that trial and error are often integral part of finding the perfect experience. So, it, yeah, it's super, super, super important to follow all those rules. Um, they show, and the reason I keep mentioning this is they show gummy bears and all these gummy candies and everything and you know you wouldn't think that consuming a gummy would be you know a way to a bad day but like I did I just went oh what the heck and they 15 milligrams that I thought was 15 milligrams uh, may have been a lot more on an empty stomach and I didn't have a good day at all and I'm not used to that with my cannabis Cannabis is usually my friend, makes me, you know, keep me up and going, happy, cheerful, out of pain. I just wanted to sleep, and it was like grumpy sleep, like, you know, that when you see those three-year-olds that are trying to fall asleep, I mean, they're trying to stay awake and right, or burning, or, you know, or, that's it. It's like a fit all day. <laughs> uh, any cannabis consumer can tell you that if there's one feeling no one enjoys, it's the moment when you realize I'm too high. Maybe the edible kicked in three hours late. Perhaps you tried to impress a group of friends by breathing in a little bit too deeply. You might have just tried concentrates for the first time and were caught off guard by their potency. Or maybe you just have low tolerance. Uh, there are a thousand ways it can happen, but once it does, the resulting experience can be uncomfortable and enough to turn off even the most seasoned cannabis lover. Fear not. Most of us have experienced the unpleasantness that can come with overwhelming cannabis effects. Thankfully, there are ways to come back down when you feel too high, overwhelmed, or uncomfortable from excess uh, cannabis consumption. I wonder what they say of too much couch lock. <laughs> Tips on how to stop being so high. Number one, just don't panic. Um, let's start with the infinite wisdom of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. You're fine and everything's okay. <laughs> Most symptoms of greening out and imbibing too much cannabis will dissipate within minutes to hours with no lasting effect beyond a little grogginess. Give it some time and these feelings will eventually pass, trust us. Also, contrary to what you may have heard, there have been zero reported cannabis overdose deaths in the history of ever. 
So despite how freaked out you may feel or how sweaty you get, you won't expire from excess consumption. Don't take that on as a challenge. Just keep in mind that if you accidentally overdo it, you'll be all right. Two, know your limits before consuming. Uh, if you can, try to prepare your cannabis session according to your tolerance level. Okay, this tip won't help you once you're already over the edge, but it can help you avoid an uncomfortable situation next time. Consume with friends you know and are comfortable with and don't feel pressure to consume more than you can handle. It's all well and good to make new friends, but being surrounded by strangers when you, feel, when you can't feel your face <laughs> is unpleasant at best and anxiety-ridden at worst. <laughs> yeah, that's not such a good feeling. Take it slow. Especially when consuming edibles, we recommend trying a standard dose of 10, 10 milligrams or even 5 if you really want to ease into the experience, and we say one, and waiting at least an hour or two before increasing your edible dosage, and we say don't increase it. The same goes for inhalation methods. If you're used to occasionally taking a hit, uh, we don't advise sitting in a smoke circle, puffing and passing the bong around. Uh, try water and light snacks. Water, water, water. Don't forget to hydrate. Whether you prefer juice or water, make sure you have a nice cold beverage on hand, preferably non-caffeinated. This will help you combat dry mouth, and allow you to focus on a simple, familiar act, sipping and swallowing. <laughs> Keep in mind that by hydrate, we don't mean knock back a few alcoholic beverages. <laughs> if you're feeling the effects of your strain a little too aggressively, stay away from alcohol. It can increase THC blood concentration. Some people find that a light snack helps them feel a little more grounded, considering grazing on some fruits or nuts or cheese and see if it's a little easier to connect mind to body. Keep some black pepper on hand. If you find yourself combating paranoia and anxiety, a simple household ingredient found in kitchens and restaurants everywhere can come to your rescue. Black pepper. Many swear by the black pepper trick. Even Neil Young. Just sniff or chew on a few black peppercorns and it should provide almost instantaneous relief. Keep calm and rest. Find a calm, quiet place. And breathe deeply. Remember the intense discomfort you're feeling will pass. Take deep, full breaths. In through your nose, out through your mouth, focus on sound of your breath, and just rest a while. Sometimes sleeping it off can be the best alternative to stopping a strong high. But it's not always easy to turn your brain off. Once you've found a quiet area, lay down and let yourself relax. If drowsiness and sleep are quick to onset, take a little nap to rejuvenate yourself. Should you be unable to fall asleep, just get comfortable until you feel strong enough to spring back up. Try going for a walk. If you can't turn your brain off, sometimes... A change of scenery and some fresh air to get your blood pumping will help invigorate you. Just remember to stay close to your immediate surroundings. We don't want you to wander off and get lost while you're feeling anxious and paranoid. And we and refrain from taking a walk if you're feeling woozy or lightheaded. Instead, we recommend going back to option five and laying down for a while. Number seven, take a bath or a shower. While it's not always feasible if you're not if you're out and about or at a friend's house, if you're at home. Try taking a shower or bath as a really pleasant option to help you relax. And eight, just distract yourself. All of the activities that seem to uh, seem so entertaining and fun while high are also a great way to distract yourself while you come back down to earth. Sometime, uh, some suggestions, watch a funny cartoon, listen to your favorite album, play a fun video game, talk to your friends who are hopefully right by your side reassuring you, snuggle with your significant other, try coloring as a calming activity. Seriously, adult coloring books are becoming all the rage. Eat something delicious. Whatever distractions you prefer, make sure it's a familiar activity that gives you warm, fuzzy emotions. Your brain will hopefully uh, zone in on the positive feelings and give you a gentle reminder that you are safe and just fine. And as a bonus trip, <laughs> bonus trip, no, bonus tip, you guys, try some CBD. And there you have it. All great tips for microdosing, eating edibles, and staying healthy uh, in your day with cannabis. And that's about it, folks. We want to thank everybody out there for tuning in. Cannabis it. Kid, have a great first work day. Happy to be man. Sell, sell, sell. Coffee's the closer. <laughs> You'll find that funny later. Not now. Um, thank you, Growers House. Thank you, Canada Health Online Digital Magazine. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. All our friends and fans, we love you so much. Um, we really appreciate you. Uh, thanks again to Desert Bloom for 520 on the 520. That was a super fun day. We are hopefully going to be at Cut for Cause. Pride's coming up. And well, who knows where else we'll be. Come down to Tumbleweed Health Center. Check us out, tumbleweedhealthcenter.com. 
give us a call, 520-838-4430. Just have an awesome day, and remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Happy Wednesday.